Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and listen, I don't even know where to start with this podcast. Pierre-Paul Tourjean is someone who speaks from his heart. He is back. We had so much feedback from his first podcast on Alberta, what's going on with energy prices and multi-unit investing out there, that he's been in He's been in town recently, so we brought him in for another podcast recording. Great guy. We cover the gamut. We go through all the updates on Alberta energy. He's so passionate about it. I think this guy's got to go into politics at some point. We're big fans of his. Um, and then we get into apartment buildings and what he's seeing in cap rates out there. So I think if if you're an Ontario investor, you can learn a lot from this, just from what's going on in Alberta and how it's affecting that real estate market. And then just generically some apartment building stuff and the lessons, someone who owns a portfolio out there, what they're going through. So updates on the on the whole bit. He runs workshops um, throughout Canada all throughout the year. So if you want to grab on his email list, he's a good guy. He really is trying to help everyone he deals with. We're big fans of Pierre Paul, just like talking to the guy. Um, and if you are listening to this and you're wondering what Rockstar Real Estate is about, listen, I want to explain something. We hope we started this entire business, the Rockstar Inner Circle, the membership that we run, because Nick and I had invested in some training that was done by U.S. trainers who came up to Canada years ago. We're talking about a couple decades ago at this point, and uh, they taught us some real estate investing information that really didn't apply to us in Canada. And then after the training, they kind of just vanish and disappear. And we thought after years of doing our own investing, wouldn't it be nice to have people who were on the streets, not just talking theory, but on the street helping us with our real estate investments and we couldn't find those people so we decided to launch Rockstar Inner Circle and Rockstar Real Estate as a brokerage to be those people and I know that sounds crazy but it was just because we were scratching our own itch and that's why we started this whole business we are investors who started a real estate membership and a real estate brokerage for other investors and that's how this business is born and if you want to learn more about the membership and how it works and why it's working you can get all the benefits they're all listed out at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. So if you go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member, you will see all the benefits that you get as a Rockstar Inner Circle member. Um, one of the things is three times a year, we run some of these bigger events. We just had 700 people at it. So we're really grateful that we're able to uh, try and offer as much value as uh, so that 700 people would show up at these things. We've been doing this for some time now. We're just grateful that it's all worked out the way it has. But that's where to learn more about the membership. It's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, I have Pierre-Paul Turgeon. I like saying your last name, but how, how do you say your last name? Turgeon. 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 Close enough. Close enough. Man, oh. I can't do it. Oh, you know you how can. bad You're I was at good. French. You know how bad I was at French in school. No, tell oh, me. I was horrible. I was horrible. <laughs> I could say je m'appelle Tom. That was pretty much it. But uh, Pierre Paul, you are the most passionate guy. I, you are so passionate about oil and gas in Alberta. You are so passionate about multi-unit investing. You are just so passionate about life. You are a rare breed of person. You somebody called you. You just told me, and it, and I want you to repeat it. Is it the the Stoic investor? Correct. The Stoic investor. Why why did they say that about? Because you brought out this gratitude rock that you have I, right I, in front I of me. I do my little rock from the shores of Lake Titicaca. Of course, where, I do. Because I'm grateful to be here with you doing this. Where, where's that lake? 
uh, in Peru, the highest navigable body of water in the world. Uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the altitude must be a couple, two, three thousand meters of altitude. Can you jump in this thing and swim around? I or did. No? Very did cold. Yeah. Really? You shrink, you shrivel once you get into the water. Yeah. And I won't say anymore, but you read between the lines. <laughs> we are, we are, yeah. My son did. He was 18, so obviously he can tolerate the... Yeah, it's all water from uh, the Indies. Very cool, cool place. Wh when did you go? Uh, four years ago. This is an adventure trip with my son. We went trekking to Machu Picchu uh, with our private guide, uh, two cooks, a horseman with three horses. All you care is your day pack. But you get up there, 4,600 uh, meters in altitude, uh, Salkintai Pass. So how long Amazing. does it take to get up 4,600 meters? It took us, well, we started a bit higher. Mind you, there's a road, uh, but, you know, it uh, took us, well, it was a five-day trek altogether, all the way to Machu Picchu, 75 kilometers. Yeah, beautiful, though. Oh, right? awesome. I see awesome. the pictures. Awesome. It's like a safari kind of a, a format of the trek, like I said, with the private cooks and a tent in the kitchen one side, then the dining room next door. Freaking amazing. And, and you, then we went mountain biking to Bolivia. In between. No. We, uh, yeah. Mountain biking in Bolivia? Death Road. That's what it's called. I want to go on Death I Road. I am telling you, 4,600 meters of altitude, same difference, same uh, altitude. And uh, yeah. But so, please uh, tell me you were just going down the whole time. Yeah, of course. Oh, the bus takes you up on mountain so bikes. Fun. I'm telling you, oh. waterfalls, listen. Oh Tom, my God. I did this like in California. Adventure. I did this in California a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. as I was coming down one of the hills, um, there was literally oil coming out of the side of one of the hills at one point. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going down this oil field. Grab your and then later, can. <laughs> totally. And then later I was further down this kind of hill mountain. It's not a mountain, but like a big hill and ripping down there. And there's some cows out to pasture. Yeah. And I'm just like, this yeah. is, this yeah. is, live. here I am on my yep. mountain bike racing down this hill. It's amazing. And I did see people coming up the hill who I thought oh, were that's crazy. crazy. I, I have full, full, you know, I'm totally impressed by those people, but I was just ripping down this thing. <laughs> so happy. But to do what you did. So yep. you also did that on the same trip? With your yeah, it's in between, we stopped by uh, Lake uh, Titicaca, a great little place on the shore of Lake Titicaca. And that's where you got the rock. I got the rock. You're allowed we to take swimming. the rock? You're, you're allowed oh, yeah. to take the rock? Yeah, but this there? one is special. you got to stick it, your nose down to the beach. They're all bigger pibbles, right? It's not sand, the right? The color of that pebble. Uh, it's like, amazing that's a, that's like, stone. What is that? Like a br I'm colorblind, so I, is that I don't, a brown? Uh, it's got brown, green, red, mm, it's uh, yeah, and gray. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. Beautiful. But I always, you know, you said earlier before we started recording, life is a... Uh, what is it? You've got something. Uh, I have 10 ounces of silver that I consider. It's my, a skull. It's a skull. It's in the shape of a skull because it's a precious metal silver. Yeah. And what I, what, I, what I use this to remind, people think I like having it around just because it's silver, which I do like having yeah. precious metals around. Yeah. But to me, this represents uh, life, right? Because life is precious. Yeah. And then it's in the form of a skull because life is short. So, you know, we live this precious life and it's a short life. And I use this. 10 ounce skull to remind me that it's a precious thing that we have in our hands. Well, it's and the same idea why I care this rock, Tom, because uh, that's one of the things I'm grateful for. People are going to think I'm really cheesy right now, Pierre Paul, but I, I believe in this 100%. Listen, yeah, it, yeah. It, neuros freaking scientists have figured this out. Being in a state of gratefulness is part of being happy, becoming happy. But I lost my best buddy at, at uh, 16, actually, uh, while I was down in South America after we graduated from high school. And that's when I learned the precious lesson, you know, that life is precious. And to this day, in honor of my best buddy when we were 16, I, I uh, care this happened? stone. It just died of cancer. Jeez. But I was having one of the best years of my life. I was doing a student exchange program in South America and Brazil. And uh, he passed away while I was gone. So it's something that uh, it's, it still hurts all these, uh, you know, 
40 some years ago <laughs> yeah for, oh my gosh i'm old Ooh, okay oh, yeah. but i got more hair than you uh you, hate you to do. tell you, uh, you Tom, but, i'm uh, losing hair i'm losing hair the <laughs> as guy long as you don't lose your mind listen, we're good <laughs> the guy that cuts my hair i always say why don't i get it cut you, you know i, I shouldn't I, bug I, you about your hair i could no, be in that no, position no, 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 i'm no. sorry I, oh my gosh i don't care at all <laughs> and i tell the guy who cuts my hair i'm like i should be getting cheaper prices why are the prices <laughs> why are the prices going up and you know what he tells me he said it's harder for me to figure out what to do with your hair so i have to charge you more you know so but you got the muscles I don't. I got the hair. You got the muscle. So we're good. Yeah. We're even. So tell me, what's the latest? Go- Listen, because of you, I got to tell you something. We oh yeah, reco- me too. Okay, we recorded this podcast. <laughs> I had no idea we were. You were going to be so passionate about the oil and gas industry in Alberta. You actually, if anyone's listening to this that hasn't listened to the first time that we we chatted with Pierre Paul. Um, has it only been one time? I feel like it's been more. But January. the previous time in January, you not only shared really insightful information about multi-unit apartment building investing, which we're going to talk about here, um, but the state of Alberta and oil and gas industry that you got me reading up on it. And then it, now I understand a few things. I understand that some American companies look like they're proactively trying to thwart some of the developments by Alberta by like buying up i don't know if exactly they're buying up different companies and then just sitting on them and not doing anything and everyone seems to debate exactly what's happening and what's not happening but there's this u.s element that seems to be kind of against alberta but then there's also the bc and i don't know if it's the bc government but there's i didn't understand there's already a pipeline going from alberta and it looks like it's taking the exact route that alberta wants to add an additional pipeline to so the environmental impact to me must be somewhat not i don't want to say negligible but reduced if there's already a line going and if this is going to help the province of alberta but it seems like there's some squabbling between bc and alberta over this pipeline and all of this is basically hurting the oil and gas industry in alberta is is is, what's the latest is it still depressed out depressed out there the the whole oil and gas industry yeah uh, i figured uh, you would ask me that question uh yeah because so. i had people like literally people in ontario saying yeah you, we got to read up more about it you have to understand what's going on there it's affecting all of us in canada i was shocked by the feedback we got okay on the, that particular so, podcast probably got some of the most feedback of any of the podcasts well that that's done. pretty cool yeah. well I, so thank you so much for again the opportunity to be back here with you first of all i gotta tell you so as a result of that podcast uh, I, I need to tell you something very freaking cool. If I were sitting in, in your shoes now and I, uh, I would hear what I'm about to tell you, I, I'd feel very proud, you and, and Nick. Uh, I actually was, people came up, I spoke recently the last couple of months in Saskatoon and in Calgary, and people came up to me that heard your podcast and came up to me to thank me Wow. For what I said to you in this podcast in January, how freaking humbling is that? That's that's cool. And and it was spontaneous, right? We sat across each other doing this podcast, and you you know I started getting into it, and I hopefully so they a must, little bit more they, today. They must feel they're thanking you because they must feel the message isn't getting out. It's and, not and you're representing any, them and all of us in what you're kind of saying and sharing. And, and that's I if, if if I were younger, maybe dumber, I I would run for office because I love Canada. This is not just about Alberta. And, you know, that's what I was trying to share with you. And hopefully I'd like to add a little bit to that. But, yeah, that debate is still ongoing. So we're talking about the Trans Mountain Pipeline. It's been in existence since 1953. There's been no environmental issues. And all we're talking about is a twinning of it. So having another one parallel to it. So that's what uh, that's what we're asking. Yeah, it still is a big issue. But you know how much they're paying uh, a liter of gas in uh, Vancouver? Because I've been, yeah, I've been I out there four times. A dollar seventy. Yeah, wow. And it ain't over. It's going to get worse. 
So there you and, go. And so why are they paying? Why why are they paying so much? Well, because we we're 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 sort of shutting down the valve uh, to oil, but also because they're getting it from uh, nice places, you know, like Russia, where they have super high environmental standards. So those uh, tankers are off uh, Vancouver. You know, uh, they bring their oil to them, so it's very costly. So and also lack of so refinery. people who who are trying to protect Canada, instead of shipping it from next door, we're shipping it from Russia. You got How much it. energy are we taking to and, ship and, it? From? And where do you think you get your oil here in GTA and Quebec and Eastern Canada? Where? Oh, lovely places with beautiful human rights. Sorry, the sarcasm here, but like uh, Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, you know, where they kidnap uh, young women, use them as uh, sex slaves and children soldiers, and all these places, Tom. Mm-hmm. So when you say you're sh- we're, we're, you're shutting off the valve for BC, do you mean uh, Alberta is Alberta. Pur- purposely Alberta. Well, yeah. saying screw yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, uh, you're not going to political means, but okay. uh, but are know. they shutting it off to Ontario not, as well? No, no. Now no. with your new premier, I feel like your new premier and Doug Ford, I He's feel like they're best ass. buddies. He's good. I, feel gonna, like, yep. I feel like they're best yep. buddies. Yeah. Just let's get rid of Justin, and then you know yeah, this country Justin's, should be doing uh, better. Wow, we're getting totally political right now. But <laughs> I don't know if we can get rid of our selfie private. You know, he is the selfie king. Oh, um, my gosh. But, oh, uh, my gosh. yeah, we'll just stop there. On, 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 but, but I okay, tell me, so what's, what's the very, has there been any new developments or is it just the same story that's progressing forward and continuing and nothing, nothing has happened positively? It, so, you know, we're going to have a federal election. So obviously our new premier in Alberta is holding off, doesn't want to cause problems for Andrew Scheer. And by the way, it's not like I'm so much partisan, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not in love with Andrew Scheer, I'll, I'll say that much. Neither am I with, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, Jason Kenney in Alberta. But somebody's got to run the, the show, right? Somebody's got to run the country. So he's going to be a little bit quiet. But I think, uh, was it today that they repelled... Uh, uh, repeal the uh, carbon tax in Alberta. If it's not hasn't oh, happened, it yeah, will happen it? Uh, okay. Monday, I think. So uh, in the next few days, anyways. Uh, what is it today? We're the 23rd. So I think it's going to happen by next week, Monday, if I'm not mistaken. But within the matter of days. So that's one thing that's going to go on. Uh, listen, capital is fleeing this country. I know you're good at macroeconomics. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm not nearly as good as you and knowledgeable, but I'm, I'm, I'm training myself to, you know, overall in Canada, because of Justin Trudeau, we're losing capitals fleeing this country. There's no, you know that. Like, uh, people are dumping yes. their Canadian bonds. I mean, you know, you, you know our, more about our, this our stuff. regulations, you know our tax structures. Everything, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, tax, right? I mean, so that's another thing he's going to do as well. Uh, uh, Jason Kenney is going to lower corporate taxes back to slowly to 8%. They're now at 13%. So it's a big hit. So from a real estate point of view, um, Tom, and you know, I, I vouch for, you know, multifamily properties. But uh, if you're asking me, we have not, yet seen the worst in Alberta. So we're still in the dumps. Our economy, very, very much. So everybody's suffering. Uh, junior oil and gas companies are going belly up. Uh, my portfolio, from a real estate point of view, I think I share with you, we've been uh, having to give uh, rental discounts in the vicinity or order about 200 bucks per unit per month. Imagine that. Meanwhile, do you think my expenses uh, went down? No, they haven't. So it's a tough thing because we don't have in-migration anymore. We don't have a lot of job creation. We've lost hundreds of thousands of jobs in Alberta. So it's still going on. It's still bad. But the point I'd like to, you know, we all, uh, and, and the reason why I do this is I love this country. Like I have a love for we this country. We can tell. It comes through. From, from I the, think you should get into politics. No, but I, like I said, do I want to be associated with a bunch of buffoons? For crying out loud, Tom. No, that's, that's the only thing holding me back. I have the right stuff, I think, but I just, anyway, the point is it's not just an Alberta crisis. Just that's the one thing, you know, I'm reading here. I'm not, not, I don't have to read everything, but Alberta's problems hurt Ontario. Here's how, because of course, you know, uh, we 
engaged in a lot of trade between Alberta and 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 and, uh, and Ontario. And so if there's no trade, everybody's suffering, right? It's our GDP. Uh, you know, we feed really the the coffers of the federal government. So there's stuff like that. So uh, so you're you're saying in this article that you had brought with you from the Fraser yeah. Institute, it looks like you're saying just because trade has slowed down between the two, because uh, we're not trading energy back and forth. Both um, sides among are among other things, and we're not sending as much money to uh, to to the federal government. Our deficit is over $19 billion, Tom. It's, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So the point is, you know, and I don't want to beleaguer that topic, but people have to remember this is not just an Alberta uh, crisis. It's a national crisis. I remember you know you, I said this to you and nothing. Nobody was talking about a crisis. Agreed. And there agreed. shortly you after, call, yeah. it, it became... Almost like the next week or two exactly. weeks right after you were talking about it. This was in January of this year. I hadn't barely even heard of this. That's my point. No, no, you were calling out. I give you full credit for this. But here's, here's why I think it's a little bit of a weird issue for people in Ontario. In Ontario, we have such an influx... Canada... You know, Canada's target for immigration last year was 310,000 people, mm -hmm. okay? We took in about 425,000. So somehow the federal government can't do math really well or whoever's managing it over there. Yep. I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just saying this is what was our target. My parents are immigrants. I'm definitely not anti-immigrant. I just mean we had this target of 310. I'm, I'm going to get to my point in here in a second. Instead, we brought in 425,000 people. 43% of all immigrants come to Ontario. A huge percentage of that 43% lands in the GTA or Southern of Ontario course. here. So in Ontario, we are in a weird situation where we have a massive influx of population. Absolutely massive. And GDP, if you go to the university, any university and you study, study economics, they'll always yep. talk about GDP has two inputs. It has labor yep. and it has capital. So we have all this labor coming in. But because of the U.S. financial situation, they've kept interest rates so low for so long. We also have cheap access to capital in this country because yep. we mimic the U.S. Very our interest rates still. are so low. Yep. So we have a massive influx of labor, mm -hmm. but we also have cheap capital. Mm -hmm. And what that happens in the GTA, it provides for a perfect storm of economic growth. So, so if you're here, sometimes you scratch your head when you're like, well, what's actually happening in Alberta? Do you, do you know what I mean? Because yep. here there's buildings being built yep. and condos yep. being, and, and you know, there's Gross. jobs being created. But you, I think we all have to understand that as a country, even though it's kind of booming right here, right now, as a country, we're, we're, we're suffering. And when we don't pay attention to some things as big as Alberta, this is big, this is big. I think we're doing all of our, you know, it's kind of like short term things are booming, but long term things could be better. Like we have to play the long game here and we have to develop Alberta properly. And I'm not saying I know the proper way to develop Alberta. I don't. I'm mm -hmm. clueless when it comes mm -hmm. to energy and gas. But when I read about things, how like U.S. companies get involved and kind of they're a little nefarious in some of their decision making, oh. like buying Canadian companies, it seems like, and then purposely not developing some of these oil and energy projects so that they don't compete with some of the Texas projects and stuff like that. And I don't know if I'm right on that. You correct me if I'm no, right. No, this is stuff well, I've read. You'll, you, I don't know if that happens. What's been happening is you've got the Rockefeller Foundation, right? And Rockefeller yeah, right. I was reading made, about this. Made, made money on oil and gas yeah. funding. Uh, environmentalists like the Tides right. Foundation. I was reading about this. Yeah, no, yeah this, so this, this is very factual. So, yeah, can you just fill us in? Yeah, on that? that that's what it is. It's it's oil and gas U.S. oil and gas companies that have been funding, like namely the Rockefeller Foundation. We don't need everybody knows about the Rockefeller and John D. Rockefeller. I think I told you I read his bio. Whoops, I I, I read his biography twenty seven hours on Audible. Yeah, <laughs> on wow. John D. Rockefeller, yeah, that's pretty a cool thick book. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, but uh, the, the point is they're funding environmentalists. 
up uh, to to come and destroy the oil and gas industry in Canada, so that they get our oil cheaper because we we only have basically two customers, right? We have the U.S. and that that's kind of it. It's our main customer, so we've been selling at a discount. That discount the last few weeks has widened. It's ridiculous, Tom. If we were to so sell- basically what you're saying is that this oil and gas. Where the Rockefeller Foundation basically is funding environmentalists who will negatively portray the Canadian yep. oil yep. and gas industry. And they're doing that in the U.S. for their own benefit because if they are portrayed negatively up here, stuff will not get developed. And then they have less competition from us with their American counterparts. Correct. They're buying our oil so cheaply. Mm-hmm. So they're making money on our backs. We're being, we got to play dirty. We're, we no. gotta, we're too nice up here. No, but, We're too but nice. First of all, we got to hold together as a country. All right, we do have this. I just amazing... think we need to roll up our sleeves and play dirty. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, you're the guy you're with right. the muscles, yeah, not yeah, me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no, not my approach. No, no, you're right. You're right. You know, we've heard this this great article that I read this morning, and and it's important. I feel passionate about it because I love Canada, right? But what's happened? You know the, the the importance of social media and the internet and the fake news. We all know now this is not a joke, right? It, they interfered with the U.S. election, right? Well, it's also the internet. This is an article called "The Internet Killed the Oil Industry in Canada." And right? what's the premise of that one? Well, so that the premise is that it's so easy now, and and the oh, oil to change gas, the narrative to, to, to like to paint. change. I, I could go on through a bunch of stuff, right? That oil, you know, when there's a spill, uh, it sinks. It's you can't clean it up because it doesn't float. BS, it does. Uh, first of all, I mean, I could go on. It's a full article. I can post this and send it to you if people really want to dig into it. But that's what we're dealing. Those environmentalists have figured out their younger population. By the way, they wear a lot of uh, fleece and you know, all stuff that you need oil and, you know, and they fly to these yeah. uh, demonstrations and all that jazz. No, no, but it's the hypocrisy I cannot stand, Tom. Like, I show up in Toronto here. Like, you know what amazes me? And I don't miss it. People may know or not. I used to live in, you know, I went to school in U of T, learned English, as a matter of fact, in Ontario. But when when you show up here, and I live in the country, I appreciate that. I, I have chickens, you know, I have omega free, yeah, you, you know, city. the mountains, yeah. and I show up here. <laughs> holy crap! I mean, the, the energy, the traffic on the 401, oh and, and all of that. It takes freaking gas, it takes oil, folks. Let's stop. So, are we going to buy it from somebody else that's going to make a profit on our backs? That's what's going on. That's and, and people like being so morally so perfect, like you know, we don't want to pollute. Where, what the hell did the city of Montreal dumping how much water, sewage water in the St. Lawrence River or the city of Victoria and Vancouver? Like, come on, you guys. I could go on, Tom. We are being manipulated. If I, if I, if so I, who from Alberta is doing the job of educating Ontarians? Because I think Ontario, I me, think, Pierre Paul, no, it seems like it. You are an unfunded volunteer. <laughs> to your workforce <laughs> flying over to Ontario on your own dollar to sit on this podcast to teach us all about what's going on in Alberta. I, I, I do want to talk about real estate, but no, well, it's and we such will. We important. Will. <laughs> like, like Tom, just, just let me give you a few examples, right? There's B- Bill C-40, which was shot down by the Senate last week in every year. It still might come back. That's the moratorium, C- Bill C-48, about preventing tankers from you know coming to the West Coast, right, near Vancouver. Well, because we're, it's killing the whales, so they say. BS again. Guess where 61% of maritime traffic takes place in Canada? Do you think it's on the West Coast or maybe the St. Lawrence River? Hmm. Do you think there are whales there? Do you hear anybody say anything about that? Here's the thing. This is just one falsity that I just want to, as an example, and of course we've got to get off the wagon here. Like, you know, no, gotta, stay on the wagon. It's uh, fun sometimes. Well, if you like it, I hate, don't, 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 don't search me. You're going to get me. I'm going to, I'm going to go there. I've never. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but no, but seriously, seriously, what's most damaging 
for the whales on the west coast guess what it is it's not those few tankers it's all the whale watchers you know the little boats have you been to the west coast and watched the whales mm-hmm. it's all the fucking fairs that go back and forth between vancouver and the island of vancouver man worse than that the the data that was used to uh, prepare B, uh, bill c48 was dating back from the 70s that's why one of our independent senators from alberta shot it down it barely won but it was rejected at this you know, that's, point that's frustrating to hear because i find in today's world it's so tough to get to the truth of really anything and i'll give you an example I, you know, everyone talks about electric cars and how they are environmentally friendly, but I hear no one talking about the environmental impact that's required to, to produce the electric car. Like, and then on the life cycle of the electric car, like what happens to the batteries after those cars are no longer going to be used? And I'm not trying to sit here and say they're bad. All I'm saying is that when you look at the entire supply chain from the beginning to the end on the life cycle of a, an electric car, how different really is it from existing supply chains that where we're able to maybe recycle a lot of the components of gas-powered cars? And I'm not sitting here saying gas is number one and batteries are bad. Far from it. I drive a vehicle that is half gas and a little bit of a battery. I, I just mean that it's hard to get to the truth sometimes because when I think of these things, I'm like, who can I even really go to to really break down such analysis? Because if you go to the guys who are pro-electric, they're always just going to slam everything on the gas mm-hmm. side. And if you go to the gas side, I feel like they're just going to slam the electric side. It's really hard anymore in today's world to get anyone who's in the center. You know, and as, as as much as passionate as you are about this stuff, I find that you are actually in the center. You're you're willing to talk and c- consider both sides. Oh, absolutely. But that's you know? what I said to you the last time we did this podcast. The debate is too po- polarized, but we're using fake news, Tom. Like this, what's happened? You're right. What's happened? That's part of the Internet and social media. Those younger fellows, environmentalists, have figured out how to use it. People don't read papers. Remember in the old days when there was a newspaper, physical paper with actual paper in your hands? Well, before you put out an article in a newspaper, you had to do, you had fact checkers. Like fact check, yeah. Now this, that information is, you know, disseminated like that without clickbait. any checking facts. That's what I deplore. But there is stuff. It, you know, it's like the phenomenon. I, I can't remember exactly how to express it. But when you start paying attention to something, now you start to see that information. That's really one of the key things why I'm, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to talk about that. That information, I've got a bunch of articles I brought with me here for, for you today that talks about that. That information is out there, but you've got to be educated. But the key thing is it's not just Alberta. This is a Canadian crisis. Our federal deficit is increasing. But the yeah, and you keep bringing that point up because you feel by lack of sales of energy from the province of Alberta, we are all hindering ourselves in the tax revenues we could be collecting for our own country. Correct. And because of that, we're just driving our debt and deficits further and further, which we really don't have to if we were just operating efficiently with this country. What I'm saying exactly. It's hospitals. It's infrastructure. Because those tax dollars would go to Ottawa Mm -hmm. and they're redistributed, right? It's the equalization payments. And of course, uh, you know. So what is Alberta, uh, what do you feel, and I don't even know if you know this answer, but what is Alberta not getting from the federal government that it should be getting right now? Like what kind of support is it not like? What, what? Well, I mean, so so uh, Bill C forty eight was one lack of support, right? Because it doesn't make sense. It, it's just uh, the data is not there. The scientific data is not there to support that. First of all, and secondly, obviously, it's the it's the pipeline. Like what people seem to forget in because tw- that pipeline would do is what? everything. Well, it would allow access of- to tide waters to the west coast. Okay, so because then Alberta could get um, what is diversified it? their markets. Okay, have so, more clients. So it's oil from Alberta. 
Yep. Natural gas and oil? Uh, both, Let's we'll say course. energy. Yeah. Okay, from but Alberta. Yes, mostly oil. Mostly oil case. from Alberta. But also we so, have an LNG line. So, But let's say oil for now because okay. we don't have a problem with uh, natural gas. We will have uh, uh, a pipeline for that, northern Alberta. So it's okay. oil. So it's oil to the West Coast. Correct. Which uh, then opens up exporting it to the world. And get world freaking prices for it, Tom. Instead of selling at a discounted price to the U.S. because that's the only client pretty much customer we have. And the U.S. is because I think sometimes when I read about Alberta oil, they'll say, well, Alberta oil is a different uh, kind of grade or whatever. It, so it, it requires takes a more, more processing. It's a little bit more expensive. Yeah, it's so, heavy oil. But they obviously are still buying it. They can process it. Of course. That's not an issue. That's yeah. not the issue. It's not processing the issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is an issue so that we don't have. Getting, uh, the U.S. companies are just getting it on the cheap right now. And they're super making it cheap. like bandits. We're, we're idiots. We're acting like idiots. We're not standing up for ourselves. You know, Canadians we have a, How a reputation. How pissed is everybody being, in Alberta right now? It, uh, Tom, I want to reiterate this. It, we're in the shits, like in Alberta. It's Jesus. still very bad. My portfolio is suffering, okay? What our real estate market, mind you, you know, it's part of being a single industry kind of economy, right? Or too heavily or, uh, reliant on one resource, which is oil. But what we're experiencing in Alberta, like, you know, I've got a good sense and knowledge of Canada from Quebec all the way to the West Coast, okay? Not so much the Maritimes. But what our real estate market is experiencing as a result of the downturn of the oil industry would not happen anywhere else. Like some years you may not get as much appreciation and all of that, sure. right? But we're talking negative appreciation, right? We're talking valuations have come down because uh, the fundamentals are all broken, be, and you would never have such a dire and lasting this long. Like, Tom, when I buy a building, I follow a certain model where I have a contingency fund in place. You know, you, you and I used to know rain, right? Uh, a three months uh, of mortgage payments sure. as a, as a yeah. well, Being after prudent. two, three years, four years, it's, you it's eat into that. a long time ago. Because then we compete with large landlords uh, that have deeper pockets. There's mm, some, some of them, them are, are slumlords. Opportunities, yeah. Well, of course they want to buy us for you know ninety cents on the dollar type of thing. But uh, so it's it's and, and so everybody is suffering. The economy. If people don't know this in Alberta is still reeling. It has not recovered, and I don't see any sign yet. Twenty nineteen is a write off, and most of twenty twenty. You think so? I know. And that's I know unfortunate because so. I see I know some so. articles about Alberta kind of making fun of Alberta, but it's almost Albertans doing this to themselves because there'll be some articles saying, "Well, we haven't diversified the economy in Alberta beyond oil and gas," and they'll they'll True. quote articles like Dallas and say, "If you look at Dallas and Texas, and you look at their industry, it's been diversified. They have some more financial yeah. markets and stuff like Absolutely. that." But my point to that is that. It's such an easy excuse to make because you can just point the finger and say, well, we really should have diversified. But which it is kind true, of defle- I, I which is true, but it deflects the whole argument or diminishes the argument a little bit because then you're saying, well, you know, uh, we can't really blame the oil and gas industry or we, you know, we can't blame the federal government. We can't blame these pipelines. But if you're sitting on this resource and if you're telling me that Alberta, uh, British Columbia is paying $1.70 for a liter of gas and... Uh, and then the American companies are buying our oil, which means they like it. They can do something with it, and they're buying it on the on the cheap. I, I, I it just it kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. You know, you can make all sorts of counter arguments because you could say, I guess, that the only reason the Americans are buying it is because it is cheap, and they have to process it more, so they would never buy it if it was at like fair market value or whatever. So I, I know there's two sides to all this, but I just feel like we're neglecting a little bit of a national treasure out there, and it's hurting it, it's hurting all of us. And I think in Ontario, we don't hear the message because we're so busy and booming and there's 20 cars, uh, 20 lanes of traffic on the 401 by Yorkdale Mall and nobody yep. can get anywhere. And we yep. got our own problems out here. You know, everyone out here. But is you need about, oil for the, we all, need the, the move all these people around. 
You we need energy. You know, the, the one thing that's uh, another article, and I'll just give you the highlights, uh, obviously, actually buying more Canadian oil will actually help the environment. Do you want to know why? Because we have the highest environmental norms around the freaking world. So more cleaner oil. Like, they've improved by rates of, I think, in the range of 27%, uh, the impact, environmental impacts. Like, we're a world leader in, you know, exploiting oil in a clean way, Tom. Yeah, sure. You're, the, you're putting all these charts in front of me that's proving this. I can't show anyone these charts <laughs> over the over a voice podcast. But, you're, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't this, know this. This is what I'm saying to you. And, and let's just work as a country together. Let's be strong and let's show the world. But, and, and, and again, the, these charts, let's refer to it, right? This one here says that... Uh, or, or, uh, since uh, since 1990, oil sands producers reduced per barrel emissions by an average of 26%. Some achieved reductions as high as 50%. And oil sands, there's a chart which we can give you. You can put it on the website if you want. But oil sands represent 0.15% of global emissions. Okay? This is what it means. Okay? Let's not be hypocritical. We need this. We need to make a transition. You know that, yes, I believe I'm middle of the ground from a, the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. I'm super environmental. Like, I'm the guy that puts a backpack on. I'm 56. I will do that until as long as my body will allow me to, to do Peru that. You're going to Peru and Bolivia. There I you go. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm fairly fit. don't have, like, big muscles like you, but, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fit. I, 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 remind me to tell you about where I'm off next week because it's a cool. healthy kind of trip and crazy. I've never done anything like this. Uh, I'm still feeling weird about that one. But the point is health is matters to me, how I eat and all of that stuff. So environment is everything to me. Yes, we need to move away from fossil fuels, of course, but it won't happen overnight. We have been hij hijacked by environmentalists that knew how to use the Internet and social media with fake news. Bottom line, Tom, this is it. Some environmentalists hearing this right now are just hating both of Listen, us. Listen, <laughs> let's go to the fa I, even this morning. I was reading something put out by you the freaking IMF. You have more articles IMF. and more highlighting in front of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you know what? You have an IMF article in front of you. I, I think I know which one you have. I haven't read this one yet. This and just this came out. This one that is f f f putting out fake, again, fake data, like making assumptions, you know, that Canada is subsidi subsidizing the oil industry. Baloney, that's not what's going on. But it's it's falsehood like that that we're we're dealing with. We're being hijacked. We're being hijacked. We're an, the most amazing country in the I world. I feel now with your election, your provincial election passed, and maybe with a federal election coming up, maybe Alberta will kind of turn around. What's this one? No, no, but the same is said about the whales that, you know, six, you know the oh, whales are it. not impacted as much as uh, the theory. I, swear. I yeah. don't even know how to, you have so many articles in front of me, I don't even know how to link out to all that. We'll, we'll choose some of these articles. I'll put links in the show. If you're listening to this, you can go to rockstarnerdcircle.com forward slash podcast. And on Pierre Paul's podcast episode we'll have links to some of them he has so many articles in front of me i don't even know if i can link out to all these but we will link to the we will link to the do you have your own website with collections of these no, articles? I, I should start that you should yeah, start yeah, this yeah, one this yeah, is yeah, your yeah. passion project on the side well i just love this country folks uh you know like you i'm well traveled and travel regularly i just uh we need to stand up for canada this I believe. I mean, place. it's part of the reason I talk about uh, what I talk about and owning assets and stuff. I believe Canada is such a great country. Yep. It gives such a good standard yep. of living to people who want to come here and contribute and pay taxes. Yep. That if we all do our fair share, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. The weather, maybe not so much. Well, but better here than Alberta. Well, no, but in Alberta, you have mountains. So at well, least lovely. if it's snowing, I can go to a mountain. But east of it is I the desert. You know what we have? I have Blue Mountain, which yeah. is a hill. Yeah, okay, so that we kind of name a hill. My word, we call that a hill. <laughs> and I love Blue Mountain. I go there all the time. I'm not. I'm not against Blue Mountain. I just mean let's yeah, let's yeah, face yeah. it. We don't have much in Quebec. At least I have some mountains. But anyway, um, so Enough I want to. Yeah, I want to switch over to the apartment building yeah. stuff. So so it's still negative. You're down two hundred dollars um, per unit per month per on unit average. Per month yeah. on average. So the average rent would be now on. So it was. 
Well, you know, there's no such a thing. Depends where and what. No, I know. Which I'm just trying to paint the picture. That's, uh, but you're talking, apart, you're talking apartment building. Rent. On, We're not on average, let's say, yeah, on average. But uh, every market is different. Rents tend to be higher in Calgary. My portfolio is in Edmonton. Uh, okay. but, but I tell you what, you know, there's always how you frame things. It's always a choice, right? Um, you're you making know. me want to cheer. I never wanted to cheer for Alberta hockey teams because I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf <laughs> fan. But now with all this stuff going on, I feel like I got to cheer for. I, I have to. There's been a soft spot in my heart for Edmonton Oilers because as a, as a Leaf fan, I can completely relate yeah. to like horrible management of <laughs> what's going on. So I can kind of relate to the Edmonton Oilers right now, which is like a sad yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's kind of making me want to cheer for them more than I ever have. And uh, Calgary Flames, I've never really felt sorry for. But now I'm feeling with that I need to cheer for Cal the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe they can be my like second teams. Yeah. You know, because I feel like they're the underdog on what's going on and everybody cheering for them out there needs needs some support. But um, so it's still happening out there where people are. Yeah. You, you're not having a population influx. You're still no, having. People no, we've lost Alberta. population. It's it's growing a little bit. It's kind of cool. Actually, if you look at the overall numbers, we are growing. But half of it is new births. Yeah, <laughs> people are making it. babies. People are making love and making babies. Uh, half of them. Nothing else to do. Put tenants in my freaking buildings, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom. Uh, but the rest. Yeah, we're getting international uh, migration. But, uh, you know, as things are improving a little bit, the numbers, but hardly like it's, it's, you know, like I said, I, we expect that. We're and real that's why you think 2020 right? is a write-off as well. As because well. It's, it's just as changing well. too slowly. I mean, slowly. look, uh, to build a freaking pipeline doesn't happen overnight. Like to, to open up new markets like that, it doesn't happen overnight. Like I said, the confidence, and people need to understand this impacts the whole of Canada. Uh, like I said, capital has been fleeing, uh, you know, so Canada. You think so it's going to take a while for that confidence to return is what if, I'm saying. If this pipeline was built between yep. Alberta and BC and over to the yep. West Coast. Yeah. You think that alone? Oh no, there's no doubt. We have. Do you know how we carry the oil now out of Alberta now by train? I think we talked about that mm -hmm. the last podcast. We're back on the oil business. Sorry. Um, no, no. But, well, it affects the apartment building business uh, kind of directly. So, but it's transported by train, which travel. Excuse me, in river valleys, right? Do you think a spill would be extremely damaging uh, if you have a train derailment? Mm -hmm. Huge. It's way worse. Like it's Especially like in our, uh, next yeah. to our river. Anyways, but so that it will take time. Lack of diversity. I, I believe, and I hang out with freaking oil rich folks. Yeah. I vacation with them, and I sometimes tell them, like, you guys did a poor PR job, which they, they really have. did. They really do. They know but, that. But, but, but is there interest? Of what my friend re replies to me is there interest from the media? Let's even in, in, in Eastern Ontario to listen to that. Not really, because now the winning side to a large extent due to some you know history and bad fake news and all of that is like the oil companies are all bad people i just gave you a stats that mm -hmm. shows that you know we're some of the most the leaders in environmentally friendly technologies and all of that right so that's the image you're battling against but i think they could have done a better job of that so hopefully i know through the grapevine and it's not official in the newspapers but i got a buddy who goes to the uh petroleum club in downtown calgary so i have some intel that's not anywhere but they're working on that you know what but remember, is it the guy? What's the guy that used to do documentary more? Like the fat guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if I if I had that skill, I would. Roger do, Moore. Is yeah, Roger no, Moore. Roger I would Moore? do a documentary like that to you know just to put some of these uh, fake news out of there. But it's going to take a while. I don't yes, think you're allowed to call anybody fat anymore. People. Oops, I think you have to say. I that am he's, so. I don't know the pro I don't know the politically correct. You know that's because where were you, where were you born? I'm very. Were you born in Quebec? I, yes. I feel like if you're born in Quebec, oh, I guess that would be politically incorrect for me to say what I'm about to say. <laughs> Man, you can't say anything anymore. <laughs> 
I, I don't know what to say. It, so we can't say anything. I'll just leave it at that. You, wouldn't, you can't say anything. Because what I was going to say <laughs> is that if you're born in Quebec, I think you are politically incorrect. But I like it. Because I like it when people just say it as it is. I, I hate having to tiptoe over all these things. We're too old. You know what? Last <laughs> night, I know I'm politically incorrect. And everybody listening to this, I apologize. Last night at my talk, right? I, I spoke last night at uh, the Vaughn Real Estate Investment Club. Uh, one of your buddies, or former buddies. And somebody came He's up to me and said bike. exactly the same thing. You're politically incorrect. And I love it. Don't change. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I can't avoid that. No, no, you are who you are. I do me. I, I don't know how come, to do anybody I, I else. I think you come from the heart. It's not like you're. Uh... You know what? Can I? We pause on that. Everybody's on a journey, but I am there now. You and I get along because you and Nick are the same. Man, it can happen to all of you listening to speak from the heart, do yourself. And, you know, it's an evolution. Some of us, I'm a late bloomer, but man, I'm there now. And when I do what I do, whether I teach or I speak, it's, it's, uh, it's so empowering. It's such a nice place. And, I, and to be honest with you, that's the thing, that trip I want to talk to you about because I need to transfer that ability when I teach and when I do this stuff like you know, teaching real estate and investing in apartment building. I need to transfer that in all areas of my life. But I think I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. But let's leave that at the end. Wait, wait, wait. That's interesting to me because you'd feel like you're not fully speaking from the heart in some area. Uh, I don't get that feeling of uh, full coherence everywhere in all fields of my life. So I need to... Like congruence probably. Congruence. Thank you for the word. Yeah. Uh, I need to transfer that feeling in this particular thing. You know, it's that phenomenon. You and I, before we started recording the uh, Malcolm Gladwell book, The Outliers, right? When you do something for over 10,000 hours, like the Beatles and all those examples of sports guys, you become become very good at it. That's where, you know, I have reached that when it comes to what I do as an investor, despite the fact that my portfolio is suffering because of of, uh, factors external to me, right? The economy. I don't control an Alberta economy, but I know my stuff very well from my background at CMEC and all of that. So I, when I do th- these things, these trainings, speaking, it, 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 like I was telling you, I, I'm in a state of flow in the zone that they call uh, athletes, right? I just need to figure out to transfer that in other areas of my life. But I do a lot of personal development like you do and all of that daily, uh, like having the gratitude rock is one strategy that I, I don't go anywhere without my gratitude rock. So I'm just saying it's, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I need to kind of learn what I've, what I've done there. But I just wish everybody could reach that place. It's when I'm in that state, like, you know, you, you are exactly where you want to be and where you belong. Like, I wish I need to, I need to expand that to all areas of my I life. I think you're doing a pretty good job. And, and, I, and I think what comes across listening from you is, the, to you, about uh, apartment building stuff is because you speak from the heart, um, you can almost, not that you do this, so I, I want to frame this correctly, but you can almost give people advice that maybe doesn't work out for them. But if they know that you're speaking from the heart and that you believe in what you're saying, you truly believe yep. in what you're saying, they will uh, understand and they won't hold that against you. Does that make sense? Because Absolutely. Because none truth. of us are perfect. You know, no. sometimes we're going to give, I'll give bad advice unintentionally to somebody. Yep. I'm not saying you ever will, but I just mean that happens. But I think when you're coming from the heart, people can figure that out and they can feel it and even if you give some information that maybe doesn't pan out for them they really don't hold that against you because i know i'm that way with people who i know are so when i listen to you i know you're speaking from the heart and if some if you told me something and it didn't work out quite right i never hold that against you because i know you you had the best intentions for me we're getting way off topic but i truly do believe that well that's the uh, way the world works yeah 
Well, it does. I think all of us as human beings need to reach, you know, move towards that state of being, right? And I'm rereading. I'm reading the Power of Now. By the way, have you read that? Yeah, I love the Power of Now. Well, I listened to the audio. Did you listen to the audio? I do both. Yeah. When he when he reads yeah. that, he's I don't know if he's got a freaky yeah. voice or what his yeah. voice is, but when he speaks, if you haven't heard this, this is Eckhart Tolle stuff. Yeah. And that gong that goes off at the beginning oh, yeah. of every chapter. I don't like that bell so much. <laughs> that, that bell that, freaks that, me out. Yeah, it annoys me <laughs> it too. It freaks me out. And I hear that. I'm, I'm driving around. I start looking around like, what yeah. is this noise? And then his voice. Uh, but I love that book. And his his other book with the gold cover. Uh, a New World. A New Earth. A New Earth. Thank and, you. And Tom, let's see. Since you read these two books, right? First of all, you're supposed to start with The Power of Now. So Eckhart Tolle. Uh, and then the second book following book was uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I have my young children like young adult children uh 19 my daughter 19 wow, my son 21 that. that's some heavy I said, stuff like, i'll pay you read those freaking books and that's what i recommend anybody every human being the one a new earth is a toughest read it's I've a done tough to read because it's about your ego it's so, so good though but it everybody so i think all human beings should oh. read that this is like i've a, handed that book out as gifts yeah one person returned it to me yeah, <laughs> they I'll said they ready. You know what? It, it was that they said it's too deep for it's too heavy. <laughs> and I, I read that book. I swear, every page I felt like I was taking in so much information oh. that I had to like reread the page. It, it, it took me forever to read the book because yeah. there was so much jammed into yeah. every single page. I should go back. It's probably been ten years since I've read that I book. Can I should tell go you that I've had one breakthrough as a speaker. This is when I read The New Earth. So the conversation we all have in our heads, right? Uh, you know, hey, Tom, you're not good enough. Or Tom, this or Pierre Paul, this and that, right? You know, and that's not us. That's not who we are. If you remember the power of now, we are not those voices we hear in our head. We are the watcher of these thoughts. That's the exercise that one needs to do. Uh, and that's related to my trip uh, next week. We'll come back to that yeah. at the end. We'll finish with a punch. Uh, but I want to go back to how I teach my stuff, like, as you know, I have my next workshop, last workshop in 2019 tomorrow in Hamilton, is experiential. I, I pull no punches. I, I don't withhold any information. I tell the good and the bad. I make a point of that. What's very cool about the way I teach is, and I bring so much wealth of experience, both personally and what I saw at CMHC, I tell people the mistakes and all of that, and it's not making money overnight. Like, I want listeners, I mean, like, Proper real estate investing, it's not overnight, unless once in a while you hit a home run, which is sure. cool. And I've yeah. got lots of examples of that, but you need to know how to find these gems, right? But overall, I, t I teach the same way, with the good and the bad. Uh, have students that come and share their, the, the graduate students who are successful because people do take action, uh, share that. So it's very much the same way, providing the full uh, gamut of truth and the good and the bad. So that's that's how my workshop are designed to give that to people, shorten their learning curves by years and uh, hopefully uh, prevent them from making costly mistakes because the world of multifamily, right, it's 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 a lot of dollars, right? Big you animals. realize you started with Eckhart Tolle and you took it to multi-unit <laughs> investing. Only certain people, only certain people that's can true. take wow, a... No, no, but it's valuable. Listen, okay. uh, since we're on that topic, yeah. um, you do your workshops three times a year. I want to come back to some uh, questions about commercial investing, mm -hmm. but the workshops that you do, are they two, two times a year or three times a year? Well, so, Four uh, different parts of the country. Uh, so Help uh, me out. Where, yeah. I, I, I did my very first one in Vancouver. Uh, How did that go? Very well. 9.64 is out of 10 is what the student's evaluation said. 
Yeah. I think I did okay. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's pretty like good. three years and, in a row. Is Vancouver nine. a big multi-unit rental uh, property market? Multi-unit. Well, apartment? no, it's you cannot afford. So people that take the the it, workshop are not not going to buy in. Uh, okay, so they're in, in Vancouver, Vancouver, but they might be buying elsewhere. Do you know in how much a door we're looking at in Vancouver, no. Lower Mainland? Oh, no. You're looking about uh, bare minimum. If you if you're lucky, if you can find something for three hundred thousand dollars a door. So we're talking wow. four or five hundred thousand dollars wow. a door cap rates. So ridiculous. I won't even go there. So people. What that, is the cap rate? I'm too curious. Uh it's going to be at about three wow. three and a half. Wow. Got it. But you, what you, has happened to cap, cap rates in Alberta? Because rents have come. They, have they've they, gone have up. They, kinda, they have <laughs> gone up, even though rents have come down. They've managed to go up. Okay, I said this last night. You know what night. I mean? Because yeah, uh, I do. Because of rents are coming do. down, property prices. Technically, that's how it should work. Cap okay. rates should be increasing, yes. right? Because valuations. But, I, but well, when you said rents came down, I'm like, hmm. I wonder if cap rates are stable. <laughs> okay, I taught this. Obviously, this is this is part of what I teach. Okay. Cap rates, like valuation approaches, first of all, they're called approaches, okay? It's not the science of valuation. If you recall, there's like three valuation approaches. The cost approach, cost of yeah, building buildings. Forgot all this. Then the You're one right. that, exactly. Then, of course, the second valuation approach, not the science of valuation, is obviously the, um, what is it, the sales comparison approach, which a lot of your, you know, listeners are probably investing in small rental properties. That's when you get a CME, comparative market analysis. One column, you have the subject property, then you have comparable sales. So we use that for multifamily a little bit in terms of compares value per door or the cap rate of one property with recent comps, other caps rates from recent Got comparables. Okay. Okay. But the, the, the hill that CMHC or banks Is will buy, cap income capitalization approach, yeah. right? Whereby the NOI derives, the values derived out of the NOI net operating income. All right. But these are approaches, Tom. They're, they're flawed in the number themselves, but people will use an easy mathematical formula such as the income capitalization approach because it's an easy one for banks. It's a divide NOI by prevailing market I cap rate. I almost hate then, the way people talk about it so easily like that. You're like, what's the cap? No, what's the cap? Here's the thing. I told people last night, don't you freaking get hung up. Can I talk like this on your show? Of course. Okay. I, I think did. you were saying uh, worse well, things uh, half yeah. an hour ago. No, okay. you're good. Right. You're good. Okay. You're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was you saying said to people, poorly. don't get hung up. I have one slide. It's got a, you know, you go to the Leafs game and when they score, you got the red light flashing. Well, I've got one slide that says, you know, it's with the red light flashing, but it doesn't flash. I shouldn't make it flash. Come to think I'll amend my slide. But it says, don't get hung up on freaking cap rates. Why? You don't get to choose them. We're going to wait a little bit from the top. I'll come back to in a moment. But don't get hung up on, on cap rates. What do you get hung up when you invest uh, on when you invest in real estate, Tom? Come on. There's only one chance. Well, most people, the price, just straight up the price. Bullshit. But the income yeah. and the cash expenses. Flow. Cash yeah, flow. the cash flow. Net, yeah. At the end of the day, not even expense yeah. income. It's your Most people, I'm thinking from a flow. residential, smaller investments, most people just get hung up on, I'm paying too much, I'm paying too much. Yeah. And we try to get them to think about the income and the cash flow, reducing expenses, that whole bit. Okay. But yeah, you're right, course. in multi-unit, I get it. Yeah, income, expenses, I, cash flow, NOI, okay. yes. Okay, but the, the, the point I'm making here is it's, you, Capri's, Technically, if you use the, 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 the way of arriving at a cap rate, they should have come down. In a market where it's it's all all bets are off, it, it's it's there's no other real estate market where we would that would go through what's what Alberta is going through because of the lack of diversity of the economy and all of that. So what happens is I would have thought they would have gone up, not down. Uh, on gone up. That's where did, did I say that? You said down. No, no, no. Okay, cap gone rates, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the cap rates should have gone up. Therefore, yep. values go down, right? Because it moves in the opposite direction. It, it, values per door have come down. People, so a, a cap rate is less used now uh, as a way of arriving at some valuation. 
we use more the value per door. So overall values mm. per door have come down. Because if you do the math, the mathematical formula doesn't make sense anymore because it's such a un- unusual circumstance. I don't know if it makes sense, Tom, but that's what's no, going on. No, it does on. Well, because rents have come down a bit yeah. and uh, the so, cap rate's not really telling us the true story or the true value. That's my so point. So now it makes sense. You're saying the valuation approach is the proper way or the better way to the be theoretical way yes but now yeah. we use more values per door but mm. they have come down i'm not going to dispute that yeah got of it. course okay. they have so this is the down. kind of stuff you talk about in your workshops of obviously course. so you do a vancouver one you obviously do one in alberta or i two did in one in edmonton uh, two weeks ago okay. and tomorrow i'm having my very last one in 2019 that's uh, in hamilton in so anyone hamilton. listening to that we're going to miss that if anyone's in ontario the next one out here is it a whole year away or is it in the fall i don't have a new day no date. date so if they want to keep pooped. I know you're exhausted. Uh, but, but Tell you what I'm going to do about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, but on these workshops, uh, you do something that no one else I really know. We were talking before we started recording that in Canada, I find it's really hard to find anyone. We were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find anyone who purely specializes in apartment building analysis in an ongoing way. Like I'll meet the odd realtor who does a little bit of apartment buildings over here. They kind of know a little bit of apartment buildings over there, but I re- I don't know if there's anyone like you in the in country of Canada, legitimately, who is educating people on, hey, here's how you analyze apartment buildings. Here's how you look at apartment buildings and who has contacts throughout the country. Because we've, and I mentioned this at Rockstar, we've been helping investors. We're over a billion dollars now in helping yep. investors and in properties. We rarely find anyone who really specializes the way you do. So that's really a testament to you. You're really filling a niche here yep. that isn't really being addressed. It's so unique. we all need you to keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. You know, Please so th- come to the workshop. Th- yeah, so these are three days. So if you're listening to this one Pierre Paul's definitely somebody you want to uh, tag along on uh, we'll hand out your URLs and stuff. I'll link yeah, to them at rockstarinnercircle.com. And it's crazy. Support, I mean, uh, multifamily investing Canada, Mick, like the acronym, multifamilyinvestingcanada.com. And people can sign up to get an ebook. And when I announce new dates, but right now I'm just finished three in the last two months. So I'm pooped. So I know what, what, uh, no more workshops for 2019. And do you do any in Quebec or are the laws different? I will. There? No, I okay. could. No, same mechanics. What same I teach mechanics, by the, oh, right. the real the estate stuff transaction laws a little different, but the mechanics of the it's evaluation. It's the same across Canada, yeah. even abroad, U.S. Yeah, same My buddy that is in the oil and gas industry, uh, it's the same income capitalization approach. NOI is your uh, your, your yeah, driver evaluation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, these are basically businesses. Yeah. At the... some point, I'll translate everything because obviously I'm francophone. That's not a fake accent, by the way. Uh, my accent is genuinely from Quebec, but uh, yeah, at you some point I'll translate. You could do it in English in Montreal. No, you could probably do it <laughs> oh, in yeah, English. Oh yeah, I could do it in no? English. It's true, actually. Some people have been trying to get me out there. We I'll have there some eventually. members that are from yeah. Quebec. Gee, that... you got people in Saskatoon that came up to me that to no, know, listen that to your podcast and Cool. If you're listening to this Kudos from outside to you. the GTA, yeah, we Kudos thank you. To you. I, listen, Rockstar was born out of frustration of not finding this kind of information, Pierre Paul. Yeah. Just like you, yeah. we just thought, Nick and I had taken, we had spent tens of thousands of dollars on mentors yeah. and different things yeah. where... Um, the people weren't coming from their heart. We got a bunch of U.S. specific information. On Monday, they went back to the U.S. We were left to figure everything out by ourselves. And the stuff that we were taught didn't really apply in Canada. Yep. Like we were taught strategies yep. that are good in the U.S. that yep. don't really work up here. So we decided to start Rockstar more just as an exercise to satisfy our own itch. Does that make sense? Like we yeah. couldn't find anyone yeah. who was really yeah. helping people yeah. around yeah. here. And that's kind of where this was born from. So well, uh, kudos to you. I was quite impressed. People in freaking Saskatoon coming up to me thanking yeah, yeah. me for uh, <laughs> what I said on a podcast that you record in GTA in you know yeah. Oakville wow it's how shocking cool is well, that? I mean it's shocking how on this cool podcast yeah we have people listening we look at the stats uh in the US 
on Europe, Asia. Yeah. It's, wow. it's, yeah, yeah, it's really well, cool. Well, I got to start my own. I'm working on that. But just go back to my workshop. What I do is indeed unique in terms of credentials. Like I'm not, you know, like you, I'm an active first and foremost. I want to be seen and, you know, that's what I am as an investor. Like I said, I've got a financing application sitting on my desk that I'm going to hand over to the, the bank on Monday next week, right? So that's what I am first and foremost. But I've seen so much in my days at CMC. It was other people's deals. They weren't mine, but it's the same idea. The wealth of knowledge and ups and downs, different markets, because I underwrote in three provinces, three territories, right, at CMHC. So I've got I've got an incredible Huge insight, uh, amount, yeah. of, uh, amount of what, knowledge. What are you seeing apartment building owners in Alberta doing? Like you mentioned that, you know, oh, we've yeah. all been trained in real estate to have th at least three months of an emergency fund on yeah. per property and that kind of stuff. But if that gets drained down, how are people surviving? I, I like the question. Well, so I'm still working on that. I, I don't have a full answer yet. Okay. Clearly, if income is down, you got to work on your operating expenses. All right. So you got to get smart. I'm working with the new property manager, happens to be uh, somebody that I mastermind with, very, very brilliant, somebody like you, very technologically savvy. So you got to lower okay, your you operating expenses. Briefly. Okay. So Big that's time. where you're focusing. Bringing in new technology. You got to do that, right? Uh, there's a, an application, for example, Happy Co., whereby when the tenants move in, uh, it takes pictures of everything. And uh, so when, you know, if they destroy the, the suite, you can do chargebacks, but everything is digitalized. Can I say that? Yes. All digital yeah. information. And so, and, and we'll do uh, semi-annual inspections versus annually. And if something is wrong, like the store hasn't been cleaned up, you're going to start charging 35 bucks. You're going to get that down to an art. I am suffering. I'd like to, I, again, I, I can't, I don't know how to be any differently. As a real estate investor, I am suffering. Uh, because of, of, of the you know, uh, you know lower revenue, right? I can't pay myself to be honest with you. This is how bad it is. Uh, but here's the thing: there's always two sides to a story. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Totally. As an investor, I am getting to a higher level of sophistication slowly, gradually. So that's why I don't have the full answer to your question. But I'm moving towards that. So I'm also proud of that and grateful. I'll gra I'm grabbing my little. Uh, Gratitude rock from Lincoln. Oh, this is going to make you, that. you're going to come out of the, listen, Pierre Paul, we just had this week, we had two American friends of ours, one out of Chicago, Preston Letts and Rob Minton out of Cleveland. These guys we've known for some years, they both had big real estate operations going on in each of those cities in 2006, 2007, yeah. then 2008 and 2009. And it hit them quite hard. But one of them um, changed from doing real estate brokerage type investment and, and being an investor yeah. himself into a property management company because yeah. he had to survive. Yep. So he managed to find a niche, yep. becoming a property management uh, company himself. He grew that business so big that he re two years ago he sold it. So out of out of the depths of despair, yep. he really was able to create another entire business that he sold for huge value two years ago. And Rob Minton has been able to survive that correction in the U.S. through a combination of strategic defaulting. What they did down there is that things got so bad, yep. they chose to stop paying the bank on some properties as okay. a survivor. Th this is how bad things got. They yep. said. You have, you're not foreclosing on me yet, but I'm no, I'm going to collect rent. I know this sounds brutal, but this is what they did. Yeah. They collected rent and they chose to stop paying the bank, knowing that the banks were so backlogged that it would take they a year or two it. years. Yeah. And it was the only way they were able to survive Yeah. because then they kept that money. Then when they finally lost the houses, at least they had a few years of income. Can you imagine? That's how bad things got. They were calling it strategic defaulting. 
meaning that they were proactively choosing to lose pro- do what you properties do. and then going proactively to the tenant say hey i'm about to lose this property yeah. you're gonna have to move out you know yeah. um things were bad really yeah. really bad down there but they learned a lot and they they learned that the people who bought the right properties that paid for themselves they actually were able to survive through that yeah. in chicago in some of the apartment buildings rents did come down outside cleveland in some of the single family homes tenant demand went up so much that tenants actually uh, stayed strong because people still needed to live yep. in houses. So yep. the, the rent didn't go down at all yep. on the single family stuff. So they both came out of it, uh, not without scars. They yep. both had scars, but they both consider themselves more investing. sophisticated. It's interesting to hear what you're saying because they said they're both more sophisticated in both real estate and in business because of what they went through. It's, I, I've mentioned this to Nick here uh, for a, a long time. I said, you know, people in Ontario really feel real estate cannot go down. And our family almost lost everything in 1990. You know, 1990 crushed Toronto, mm-hmm. crushed. Mm-hmm. Our father was flipping properties. We almost, as a family, went bankrupt. Oh, I did know your dad was in real estate, too. That's oh, yeah. Our, fam- that from yeah, you. yeah. Okay. our mom was renting out rooms in a boarding house in Toronto for $12 a week, changing the sheets, wow. doing everything in the 1970s. Wow. In the 1980s, our father was flipping properties in Mississauga as Mississauga started to develop. Yep. 1990 hit. Um, right at that time, he had three properties. Luckily, sold off two. One went from $750,000 in four months down to four fifty. dollars mm. We almost lost, we couldn't declare, uh, we, we couldn't give it back to the bank because the bank had full recourse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would lose not only that property, we would have lost our family home as well. Like it was, yeah, because di- they've given it, it as guarantee. Yeah, course. it was dire straits. Of course. Um, so we had to try to rent that house out. Um, losing uh, monthly money even when it was rented out and that's always stuck in the back of Nick in our, our heads that like it's that, a good thing that's well good. That it taught us about starter home it awesome. taught us about luxury real how luxury real estate acts in a recessionary period is mm-hmm. very different mm-hmm. than starter homes or apartment mm-hmm. buildings so it taught us that you can't ignore the negative it will happen there's going to be an, an Alberta type event there'll be an Ontario always. type event you need to prepare for it so that when it happens just like you're saying you're not paying for yourself but your, your, your properties you're able to 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 sur- you're in survival mode, right? Yeah. But if you had owned some a portfolio Both of professionally five million and uh, personally, in yeah. survival mode. But if you had owned a portfolio of luxury real estate, yeah. that type of market, those come down so yeah. hard and heavy. And if you're flipping them, you're not getting income from them. Yep. You can lose everything in, a, in the snap of a How fingers. How do you think I feel? I'm the king of freaking assessing risk factors that they pertain yeah, to yeah. investing in apartment <laughs> yeah. buildings and mitigating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't have control over a freaking provincial economy or New Orleans gas this, industry. It's interesting to hear what you're saying because you've gotten into oil and gas the way we've gotten into interest rates and the global macroeconomic because- Big, Time. Because our family was sideswiped in 1990 yes, so sir. badly. Very and then perceptive. again in 2008, this happened to us. Nick and I thought, why are we letting... The only variable we cannot control right now is Love the it. economy around us. We need to have a better understanding of the whole world. Tom? Because it affects bullseye, us here. Bullseye, man. Yeah. This is freaking bullseye. I wish you know we could have a beer now because I you just made my day by saying what you just said. I would not have had this information. I was blindsided by the oil and gas industry because, you know, it's like a real estate market. You got a bit of appreciation, appreciation, pay your principal down, and everything's hunky dory. And uh, th- I was caught off guard. And now this will never happen because now Pierre Paul I can has tell a better you understanding. Never... <laughs> I've got a whole freaking folder here. As you hold those here. papers in the air and slam <laughs> you know? them down on the you, desk. You're right. So yeah. fantastic for you to be that perceptive, uh, Tom, to, to get that right. But, but I'll, I'll also tell you something. Ask I, me how I, I'm going to mitigate, mitigate that risk. Now, once bitten, twice a shot. How am I going to mitigate that risk in Alberta? Tell me how I'm going to, uh, what lessons I've learned. You want to ask me that yeah, question? Yeah, no. 
first of all, because we're so dependent, so these are the lessons. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So yes, I'm monitoring the oil and gas like, like never before so that I can mitigate my risk because every risk can be mitigated. Right. This is I'm a former CMHC freaking underwriter. I right? didn't see this one coming. Guess what? All my former colleagues at CMHC, whom I met at a conference in Edmonton, yeah, apartment what, what conference, are they, saying? They, they wouldn't have that, known yeah. this. Nobody, yeah. even oil and gas people that I hang out with, some of them second generation well, it was of booming money. Well, so money. much, right? Exactly. So, but now I will see the signs a lot sooner and maybe be able to maybe uh, react faster. Plus, by integrating uh, technology, real-time technology, where you have access to the numbers, right? Because you know there's always the delay, right? You collect the rents at the beginning of the month, and then your your mm-hmm. parking management does the numbers. It takes a few weeks, so we're mm-hmm. going to have a few ideally, weeks if you're lucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but in in a better world with better technology, we're going to have that information in real time. So we're going to be able to use it better to manage those risks. Okay, the market risk aspect of it. The other thing I did in Alberta. When rents were going up like crazy, as you know, we don't have a restrictive landlord-tenant legislation, so you could increase your rents by whatever the market could bear. And man, I can tell you in a span of, I think, from 2003 to uh, gosh, 2014, rents went up by about 44% in Alberta. Yeah, everyone in Ontario was just saying, what is happening crazy, out there? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, it was okay to go to 85% loan-to-value, right, to over-leverage. Now, ask me. I'm refinancing this deal next yeah, week. What, I'm going 65% loan-to-value. Yeah, so super conservative but, now. And, and now, as you know, as I teach this stuff, because I'm always doing this and teaching, right, I, I come up with new tools. Now I have a full flow chart. Like, it's amazing. Uh, it, it starts with what are your investment goals? Like, every deal that you have, people say, what, well, I want money. Okay, well, more or less, right? You know, your loan payments are going to be lower, so you end up with more cash. But your cash on cash return is going to suffer. What is it that you want? I, as an instructor, teach the mechanics of how to do these things. But then at the end of the day, as an investor, you need to figure this out for yourself. Because it comes the time, to, so it starts with you, your investment goals as an investor. And then at the end of the day, you got to decide, what's the loan amount going to be? How much borrowing, how much financing am I going to get? And that's when you connect these two things. So my first box and that beautiful flow chart, and I think people saw it in the uh, in the webinar that I sent you guys. Cool. So very cool. And then, so starts with you and it ends with you as an investor. What are your goals? But so I would not, 65 in this particular case is one of those buildings. I only have one other investor from Ontario, by the way. And we want to pay it down because she cost of money is still ridiculously cheap. I think I'm going to get for a loan of uh, $1.1 million, 2.7% interest rate. Wow. And I said the cap rates in the vicinity of five and a half. So my spread is there, right? I talk a lot with my hands here, no, touching your technical you're stuff. Good. So anyway, so that's one thing I would do differently. I definitely were deleveraged a little bit because of, uh, to acknowledge for the lack of diversity of the Alberta economy and just to protect God, myself. It gives you a little bit, bit of a protective yeah. layer. Yeah. Smart. Okay. But but uh, definitely reducing cost. But I've always been good at that. Like I, uh, actually, to be honest with you, I hear a lot of stories from other people in Alberta. I'm, I'm known, as you know, and students of mine. So I'm doing very well considering what we're experiencing because I hear a couple people had uh, bridge loans in place and then value went down. Well, and this is why I hear some investors, they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say, they'll get all hyped up on how many doors they own. And I say, listen, this isn't a game from being in real estate for many years. I know this isn't a game of how many doors you own. It's how, how sustainable are those there doors? Because if you have a whole, I know a whole bunch of people who over leverage themselves. They yep. get, they load up on real estate. They do all kinds of joint ventures. Yep. They get all kinds of doors, yep. right? Cause they're trying to get the most doors possible. Yep. And I'm like, listen, how good are your properties? How, how, how well, well managed? How well managed? How stable is the income yep. on, on those properties? Yep. These are the questions I'm very interested in. Yep. Because just the fact that you have all these doors in a short period of time, if there is a recession or a change, 
what happens to you and what kind of promises have you made to some of your joint venture partners? Do you owe them some capital back? Like this gets Tough. nasty and I've, I've seen it get nasty on and people. And I've dealt with that yeah. recently. I'm like, it's not about how many doors you own. It's yep. just how sustainable yep. is your portfolio? Because if I meet somebody who has two properties, let's call it two doors. I hate even saying the, the word doors, but two properties. Um, but maybe they're fully paid off. Yep. But someone else runs in and say, well, I have 12 doors, and, but they're fully leveraged. I don't know. The person who has two properties fully paid off maybe is the one that's yep. in the better position and yep. maybe they're the quote unquote better real estate investor. I tell everyone in Ontario, listen, we haven't had a deep recession here in a long time. Yep. None of us are sophisticated investors until we've made it through a recession. I strongly believe that. Even Agreed. Rockstar Real Estate was founded in 2008. My I tell Nick one, this one. Yeah. Yes, I know you're a veteran. <laughs> I tell Nick, I say even Rockstar, like we've been through a recession with our family way back. But I said Rockstar is a business. Yep. We need to actually go through a deep recession and recite to to prove to me we're a real business oh, good for you. Wow. because i feel like if we can protect see our, that's a stoic uh, approach by the way yeah is it just like fast more of the stoic i'm telling you i'm going to send you the link no, but no, i feel but this like is we it. need to protect the this members and in real estate investors as best possible because even though everybody thinks the real estate only goes up if we can protect people around us and get yep. as many people as we can through a recessionary yep. period and the business itself through i then i feel like I can finally maybe say, okay, we did something that's decent. I love you it. Know? But love until it. that recession comes through here, I'm always a little skeptical of our own chops, of our own sophistication. You know, It's just too easy when things are going. going the only well. problem, uh, Tom, I, I don't see any recession happening in this. No, I know, I, I know, I know. Your freaking fundamentals well, know, are so I, strong. I, know, I don't see that. fundamentals are so strong. And people <laughs> think I'm- The migration I'm, you got. It's funny because people think I'm crazy because on one hand I say, look at all this stuff going on in Ontario. Like it's phenomenal, our population growth. But at the same breath, I'm like, be careful. Don't get over leveraged. You know? and, and people think- I'm, I'm, I've literally had some people walk up to me saying, you don't understand how to make money in this market. And I'm like, listen, I've just seen all markets. You know, I'm not going to buy a property just based on appreciation, something in a triplex somewhere in Toronto, well overpriced, just because you tell me it's going to appreciate. No, 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 no. I need to be smarter yeah. than that because things can turn on a dime. Yeah. I can be sideswiped overnight yeah. and I just don't want to be. So you're now gonna, I'm ranting. You're going to dig ranting. Uh, the, the Stoics like crazy. What so you what's just your favorite? Said. What's your favorite? You said, is it the Daily Stoic? Why do yeah. I know the Daily Stoic? Is that an email uh, you get? Yeah, or is yeah, that a book? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a daily thing that you okay. get. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's I, I actually start my workshop by introducing cold showers. Yeah, I love cold showers. Uh, I'm all into cold You know, I mean, that's a fasting, that's a fasting. That's part well, of stoicism? It's, it's part of it. Right? Okay. You can stretch the meaning a little bit, but uh, just like fasting. Right, so that it makes you I'm appreciate so food and all of that. I, I, I want to start. I do inter some intermittent stuff. Yeah, but that's see, not I, even I, I'm going to be doing uh, that. That's part of my. Uh, so what are you doing? Line. So now you have your workshop. Right. I know I've kept you too long. We're going to have to no, wrap up. Soon, but, love but it, love it. I know. Can, me too. We're we just missing the beer I here. Know, that's I know, all. I know. I have some tequila that I didn't offer you. <laughs> Whoa, I should have put no, the tequila. You're touching a weak spot in my heart. Tequila. Arriba! Oh yeah, yeah. What 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 are you doing to relax after all this stuff? You you've been alluding to it. Yeah. Uh, well, I just uh, I, I did something very spontaneous. I'm uh, I'm very tired. I'm like, you're maxed out. I, I'm I'm burned out. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm still a sh one man show. Like you send an email to my support at multifamilyinvestingcamp.com. Guess who answers? It's me directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when you join my online uh, course and you know you ask questions, it's me and me and me. I mean, I do have a bookkeeper and a professional accountant, but I'm still not big enough. But I probably have limiting beliefs. But Yes, talking about limiting beliefs. I find uh, I'm poop because it's a lot of energy. As you know, I shoot oh, videos and webinars. Now I'm starting to get, got to learn the technology traveling. and all of that, right? You've got your brother and yourself. That's cool and that's precious. And, and I look up to you. You know, family is big for me in my world as well. But right now, just last Friday, I just announced to my wife, dear, uh, 
I'm gone in June because I knew, like, by the time I finished my uh, workshop on Sunday night, I am I'm, I'm so fried. Because, you know, you talk to Wait me about second. being let passionate. Me, Look at you, hold, how passionate you me, are. Let me hold this. So you went to your wife and said, I'm gone. She's not coming with you? That's the first. Yes, she's not. Whoa, let's hear I'm about no this. No kidding. Let's I know. I, I'm waking up. Where, you did what? She's not coming so what, what with you. you no kids, what, nothing. What are you doing? I'm off to freaking Mexico. Sayulita. Here I come. What's Sayulita? It's Sayulita. just north of Puerto Vallarta, a small okay. town on the beach. I rented a small apartment. I'm going for 10 days. I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to meditate. And I'm just going to reset, press the reset button. But I feel weird enough not by having my wife and Geez, like three months ago, we we're in Belize, the two of us. That was high-end stuff. Awesome. This is low profile. And just to reset button and rethink a few things. I feel... You need it. I need... I, it's a necessity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does feel weird, right? Because we have families, totally. you and I. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, I said, you, gotta do do it, you can go somewhere it's on for your, your own. own. It's for yeah. your own health, you know? Yeah, I find I, I, I play it small. You know, we all struggle, all of us, with limiting beliefs. And I just need to figure things out because it's, it's a bit strenuous right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not the end of the world. Like, I'm still, like I said, I still carry my gratitude rock. I, I got so much to be thankful oh, yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. But no, I think we can understand. Uh, you're, you're hustling One hard. of those things uh, I just need to do. But I feel weird about it. I don't know what's going to come out of it. But I know I want to change a few things. And uh, it's very cool. It's, you know. Um, very cool. Sometimes I think those times where you take time for yourself, where yeah. you can be alone with your own thoughts uh, well, and really analyze your life. I think coming that. back home after that, you will just... You do that? I haven't done something like that myself in a long time. Where, where I did do that for years, probably a decade, is I would get up before my family, um, and I would spend about 5 a.m. to about 7.30 yep. a.m. every morning reading, writing in my journal yep. oh, yeah. with my yes. own thoughts. I'll be doing that. Um, and that was a really, really important decade for me. And I've gotten away from that a little bit. As my kids have gotten older, I've stayed up later at night. And I've yep. needed to sleep in in the morning, quite frankly. Um, I just went on the first trip alone with my wife just uh, two weeks ago. We went down to Mexico. Yeah, so and some pictures of that. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, um, but nothing myself, um, and well, maybe that's maybe that's coming. Listen, I, I'm a, I'm not sure how to feel. Like literally, I said, "You're doing what?" And this is coming up like in a matter of a week. Like I'm leaving next Saturday. Oh, I'm And I'm thinking, you. "Holy crap! Oh, yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing?" Like I, I, yeah. I think there's a part of me that's afraid, that's scared. There's a bit of fear, but. I, you know, oh, awesome. No, no, I, no, I don't no, know. No, I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll come back of, next time. I'll I have come a lot of podcast, buddies who will I'll take uh, away two or three days themselves and go up and which have... Which is the, kind of a reasonable amount of time. I'm taking 10 no, no, days. No, 10 days is good. I'm impressed. But That's I good. thought when I looked at the calendar, uh, I, I thought, because we were in Belize for five days. That was cool. Uh, high-end stuff. We had a 2,500 square feet uh, awesome. foot villa <laughs> and all that on the beach and our own pool. But it's not long enough, I found. Yeah, I found yeah, yeah. that you just start resting, and then so yeah. mentally, you're not there. And yeah, we need to repatriate our space so in our minds. I, you know? I get a, where I get that, and I'm with the whole family, so maybe it doesn't sound like it works, but we get to go away to Europe there yeah, for a month. Every year. Yeah. And I really shut down the email and my phone. Yeah, well, I'll do that. And too. after, uh, like, after, you know, by the time I'm into my third and fourth week, I'm walking around. I'm relaxed. That's the point. So, yeah, but it's I'm, a month. You go for a month. I go for a whole month. I feel really blessed. And that I, I get to I do that. I believe you do need some time. I, There's a physical aspect of resting. I feel like my body heals up. Yeah. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not doing anything. Yep. I eat really well. Beautiful fish yep. and wine and yep. espresso. Yep. Uh, just, oh, yeah. The love. Uh, uh, just the life the in your The food is, is beautiful. So I think you need these periods of time. Well, you know, I, so I'll tell you. Uh, next time I come back for another podcast, yeah. I'll tell you how it went. But I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah, um, uh, everything. Here, Paul, well, uh, you've shared. So, uh, listen, <laughs> thank you for doing this. Give out your well, URL on uh, one more time. Yeah, multifamilyinvestingcanada.com. 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 Com. 
Are you on like Facebook as well under the I same name? I do have a Facebook page. I don't Pierre even, Paul Turgeon? Or I no? don't even know. MultifamilyCanada.com, we'll I guess. We'll find Whatever it, it and we'll link this to it. This is where I have a consultant. We'll this is where find I it. Listen, it, on rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast on the show notes for this episode, you will find links to Pierre Paul's stuff, including his website and the social stuff. And I'll collect one or two of these yeah, articles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, well, something the, to know, link. Just one thing, Tom. One thing I'm committed to, and I'm inspired by you because I came to your entrepreneur uh, summit, summit last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have been over the years. So if people join my online community, because I'm trying to emulate you and Tom. Cool. I mean, Nick, sorry. I, I look up to you guys to create that online community. I have stuff that I've been preparing over the years. I'm going to put it out slowly. So it's awesome. going to become Canada's multifamily place to go. I do shoot interviews with my graduate students, with lenders, mortgage brokers. Like for the multifamily, this is so you multifamily have all this content Canada. And yeah. you've been building up? Yeah. You're just holding. You no, well, I it just... Yet. Can't be everywhere, but yeah, I'm doing it by the end of 19. You mark my words, all of you listening. Okay, I will do this before the end of the year. Okay, uh, but so I've tell got us when you've done it too, so we can spread it out there and share that you've uh, done it. Multifamilyinvestingcan.com. I've got an ebook. You'll be on my mailing list. Here's something I don't put out a lot of content. Like you know, emails. We all get emails. Yep. I put out stuff. It's content. It's awesome. not stuff uh, fluffy stuff. So yeah. that's uh, very important to me because I don't have time to write uh, fluffy stuff. It's got to have content. It's got to have value. We're going to see you in politics sooner than later. <laughs> no, I won't do it. I don't want to be associated with a well, bunch of uh, buffoons. Next time you're in town, we got to chat again. <laughs> Thanks for this. I All right, appreciate it. Thank you, it. Tom, for having me. Cheers. Hey everyone, it's Tom again. So hopefully you enjoyed that talk. Uh, we went all over the map a little bit. Just a fun guy to talk to. He's so passionate. I feel like about everything that he's involved with, it's easy to get excited about the different topics that he brings up. So that's Pierre Paul Turgeon. We'll definitely have him on again. If you have any feedback for us on any of this stuff, you can always email podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. Those emails will come through to us. And if you are getting some value from this show at all, if we can ask that you leave us a rate and a review or just a rating or a review whatever on iTunes that would be greatly appreciated so that is like the fuel that fires us up to keep this going so if you haven't done so and you feel we've earned it we would be ex extremely grateful for some type of rating or review if you feel like we've earned it on iTunes thank you for that in advance that's it for this time until next time your life your terms <laughs>